You're listening to Brigade Radio 1. Hey everybody, it's Tyson again. Thank you for listening. We have a special announcement on the show. This is the second part of our series of interviews with uh, Ed Wallach, comedian Ed Wallach, at E-D-W-A-L-L-I-C-K.com. And uh, we've got a special announcement from uh, Ethan Dettenmeyer, a person we talk about a lot on the show, and that and Combat Radio. There is a uh, Christmas event coming up uh, December 2nd. So, well, I'll just let Ethan explain what it is. Take it away, Mr. Dettenmeyer. Our annual Christmas event for homeless children, where we bust in about four to five hundred homeless children and their families, Polar Express style, for what is essentially Christmas with presents and brunch and such. That is set for December 2nd. You'll be happy to know that many of our awesome celebrity regulars will be part of the event, including the cast of cast members from the Avengers, uh, Star Wars, all that. Director Michael Lang will be there. Uh, many of the people you know, producers and directors from this show, including the director of uh, the new Defender series and the producers of Law & Order SVU and many others will be there. So it's a good event. It's a chance to do some good and let these kids know that they matter. You can find the campaign to actually bring Christmas to these kids on our social media, our Facebook page, etc., etc. It's gofundme.combat-radio-christmas-7. That's the way the link came up. That's not the link I wanted, but that's the link you get. If you go there and you make a donation, you'll find that our regulars around this show have left some prizes for you, including Disney Imagineer Bob Gurr, who left plenty of signed vintage Disney posters of the attractions he's designed such as the, uh, uh, well, the monorail, the Matterhorn, the Autopia, all of that. Also, you can find uh, a lot of uh, stuff signed and donated from other interesting guests. I would encourage you to check it out and be a part of it. In other bits of news, real quick, we will be broadcasting live August 31st from the Conga Room uh, for Sheila E.'s live concert and the debut of her album, Iconic, Message for America. Political activist that she is, if you know this show, you know, she gets vocal about things, as she should, and that's August 31st. You can join us live at the Conga Room. And then uh, our Halloween album for social services hits in September, and it's got everybody on it. Audio tracks featuring the Headless Horseman and all these other great Halloween stories, as well as some music from the regulars around here. Yeah, so there it is. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Mr. Ed Wallach. And uh, that link is actually www.gofundme.com forward slash combat dash radio dash the word christmas not xmas c-h-r-i-s-t-m-a-s dash the word seven s-e-v-e-n www.gofundme.com forward slash combat dash radio dash the word christmas dash the word seven all right well i hope that helps if you see a link on in my twitter stream that has to do with combat radio uh, please, you know, if, if, if you have a heart, feel free to retweet that to get the, it out there. Because uh, the more that people know that this is happening, the more it helps. That's that's how word of mouth works. So I'd appreciate it a great deal. So again, thank you for listening. And uh, thanks to Ed Wallach. Thanks to, of course, my co-host. And uh, hey, thanks to Succotash Show. There's a new episode coming out before too long. There's always new episodes coming out. It's you know, uh, So look for those because I do contribute to those as well. And, you know, they, they can always use more listenership. I'd like some crossover. That'd be great. It's like give a shout out to Just In Time with the J&T Baggers and the Crazy Town Podcast and Talk It Out and um, some other people that have reposted my podcast on their SoundCloud link. I appreciate it. And I will make a list of everybody who has done that in the near future and make sure you all get thanked properly. All right, thank you for listening.
here's your hosts, Underblock and Tyson Sater. Everyone is shaded in their life and their views by what's happened to them. I get that. You're right. What That's you know. why when someone gets offended by a joke, uh, you know, I don't get upset about it. I'm just like, look, you just see things different than me. To me, making fun of pain mm-hmm. um, is part of what takes the pain out of it. It's how true, I grew yeah. since I was 14 years old. My mom is downstairs alive and well, thank God. <laughs> My mom's alive, too. And so is the her the second husband she shot, luckily for him. <laughs> she yeah, chose poorly. Luckily. I used to do a joke about how to choose the correct weapons and ammunition for vengeance correctly based on height. I had a whole calculation of what to do a joke about it. It was really funny, mm-hmm. but most people just didn't see past the math. <laughs> they couldn't see the humor in what I was saying. <laughs> correctly based on height. Yeah. Because she used a twenty-two caliber wet handgun against a man that was six foot four. That's just too small. I mean, sure, there's a spall and it could bounce around inside the ribs, but a man that size, you really want to go with a point four caliber and above. Uh, you know, I, well, I the only person you really want to try and assassinate with a twenty-two. This is old material. The only person you really want to assassinate with a twenty-two is like, you know, someone from. The early cast of um, uh, uh, um, Wizard of Oz, or possibly going to uh, the early 80s with um, Under the Rainbow with Chevy Chase. Great movie. Most people don't remember it. I love that movie. It's just really fun. I'm just going on record to our audience that I'm never planning on fucking with Ed. (laughs) I've never had to shoot anyone in my life, and I'm happy about that. (laughs) I've never pulled a gun. On anyone in my life, and I'm happy about that. Anyone I've ever been felt threatened by or been threatened by, I've been able to throw aside and use a keto or else break something and keep them on the ground. Exactly. Now, let me ask you this for those, all right, so this is. Keto is all about using stupid people's energy against them, man. Directing energy, yeah, (laughs) redirecting, yeah. I took a keto. This is is my philosophy. How many people on this show right now have has uh, watched Michael Keaton's Batman? Three, at least three, probably. Okay. okay, so you know that scene where he's in uh, the apartment with the chick or whatever, and Joker's there, and he's like, he grabs like the poker and goes, "You want to get nuts? Come right. on, let's get nuts." Yeah, that's my philosophy. Like, if you go nuts and crazy, they won't fuck with you. Unless they have a gun and they're getting ready to shoot. Actually, I found it's far more effective to act really calm and like you don't give a fuck about them. Don't let them agitate you and say smart ass shit, which will just agitate them more and make them more unbalanced. That actually, it's, it's kind of, it's. I mean, you just be passive aggressive in physically con- confrontive situations, and it kind of freaks people out. That's if you don't get the question, because I had karate, karate, karate. as they said in Karate right. Kid. So my karate teacher was talking about like certain karate. situations that you know we would run into, where you know um, if we were like bullied or something else like that. So the one kid sitting in the background was like, "What if he has a gun?" I, I believe my sensei, well, then you're fucked. There's a great Monty Python sketch where uh, they're trying to teach self-defense with uh, people who are armed with fruit. And, uh-huh. and uh, you know... Shields, no high and mighty think we can defend ourselves against kumquats now, do we? Yes, or a pointed stick. Remember that one? Uh, yeah. Pointed stick is my one of my favorite things I'll throw out there and... Half the people don't get it. Yeah, it's in the. Uh, they adapted it into the uh, the film and now for something. And now for something completely different. different. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of like a best was, of uh, from that time yeah, period. From their show uh, sketches. Yeah, oh, they put the parrot sketch in now and then. Oh yeah. Oh, yep, yep, yep. That's a great movie. And yeah. yeah if you like Monty Python, clip. it's it's fantastic. If if you if you if you, if you don't know who here. Monty Python are, I don't know. Is that the best entry point? Would you say or? Um, do you think it's the easiest way for a, a non-Monty Python person to get started? or is, would they If you want to get a general overview of all the shit they can do, yes. Okay. What, about, um, what about the live? If, if you want to see them work on it, nah, that's that's a bit distorted because of the crowd. A little more for fans. 
kind of like watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show with a show. If like if you want to watch it with a movie, you should just watch it at home and then be like, oh, it's okay, like watching a Steve Martin concert film from the late seventies. <laughs> the one, the one where he's got Steve the... Martin was fucking genius. Yeah, I had the tape. I love the uh... Uh, small uh, venues and crowds, and he even says in his book, uh, "Born Standing Up." That was part of the nightmare about getting so big and performing in front of these fucking stadium crowds is he would do a joke and people wouldn't laugh until like 30 seconds, 20 to 30 seconds later Oh wow! in some sections of the stadium. So it threw off his timing and all his shit. He's got a master class um, that's coming up. Uh, just like the, I'm, I'm doing it. Are you? I'm in it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I've I'll, been doing it. I'll see you later. What's funny is it's kind of like about – They've said, as I'm going through it, you're already, you know, I'm already doing all the right things writing wise and everything. Yeah. So it's kind of confirmation, but it's kind of nice to hear Steve Martin or one of Steve Martin's assistants relate that Steve said, yeah, he's on the right track, <laughs> which was kind of like when I met uh, Guido Sarducci and Don Novello, oh, Don Novello. you know, and really? oh, rest in Steve peace, Martin, yeah. you know, and having them say, yeah, you're, you're right. Well, you know, keep keep at it. You know, that's cool. That's, That's very cool. Nice. I think you have to just keep at it. You know, like, like I believe, like, um, for example, there's two groups of people. There's the why nots and the whys, you know? So if you listen to the why nots, you're never going to want to do what you want to do. You know, like, or the why. Why you not? Listen to the why. Oh, sorry. You know, oh, look, even if you get up and you bomb, you learn something, dude. You learn. Okay. I mean, even, I mean, if you, that's why there's like, on, that's why I like the internet and Twitter and all that shit. Because I throw out stupid ideas and jokes and as just blurbs and the rough ideas. <coughs> well, you're funny. And if, if someone likes it, then okay. I, I've got a certain number of listeners, followers on varied media. And so I know, based on those numbers, mathematically, that covers every human type, personality type. It's uh, it's really my first uh, experiences with podcasts. Listening was uh, just kind of listening to live ones and then uh, tweeting responses to questions, sometimes with jokes and seeing mm-hmm. if they landed. I mean, it's just you just kind of got to throw mm-hmm. shit out and see what sticks, you know? At least what it feels yeah. like it. And that's... I got That's a, the huge thing about getting on stage is that immediate feedback. I got a great one today that I thought, you know, that I thought was, uh, you know, but I didn't get a laugh. It, it does, but it's okay. I still, you know, got to make the effort, you know. It's just to see if it, see if it lands. Oh, what was it? Well, let's see. They were, um, there was this. I was listening to Nooner. Are you familiar with that show from the Kevin Smith Podcast Network? It's on Tuesday mornings. Live. I am. I haven't listened to that specific one, but I know Kevin's network because I listened to it in its infancy when he was doing, you know, Smodcast and oh, yeah. the original. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Dave and, and all those. Uh, yeah, there's a, yeah, yeah. Me, me too. We were listening around the same time. Um, mm-hmm. At least uh, certainly certainly Smodcast, one of my favorites of all time, which I have actually dropped off on quite a bit since I've been doing clipping of other shows because i got to listen to other shows. And that's fine. I'm happy to, you know, evolve in a, as a listener whatever. Um, but... <laughs> It's really or whatever. It opens your mind to hear what other people are thinking right. about the same shit you do, though. So the uh, they had a uh, a uh, comedian on uh, who has this character that's a one of those uh, self help guru types, um, but like a like a Tony Robbins type more than say Deepak Chopra, like more like a you know an actualizer. So it's, he has this thing called "Stop Stopping Your Unstoppable." Uh, and it's, you know, it's all, it's fake. It's like, you know, T. Asmuth Schwitters from Schizopolis's, you know, self-actualization. It's a, it's a parody of self-help. Right. Yeah. So, so he's saying something, they're saying, um, there was this run where they were saying, uh, go fuck yourself, go fuck yourself. And it was like, it was peppered throughout their, their, um, their... Which is honestly a great <laughs> mantra. Is a what? It's a great mantra. Go oh. fuck yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> it's a little more confrontational than mine, but it's still not a bad mantra. And they were working it into like, uh, you know, little there. I think there were this is my recollection. This just happened early, early this morning. So I'll probably hear it on the replay and be wrong. But uh, but then uh, they said something about their favorite books and and uh, their favorite motivational books or whatever. So I, I said my favorite negotiation book was getting to go fuck yourself. Because there's one called "Getting to Yes" that's apparently you know, but it's a generational yeah. thing. It's like it's it's a dog whistle joke, you know. It's who's who's gonna. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke for two people, you know. So, but you know, I I, I, I like that one. Um, but what are you doing? Who me? 
Yeah, you got that remote. I'm muting my fucking television. I live in a studio apartment, but since I'm an IT dude, everything's hung on the fucking wall. Cool. So I have a shit ton of space around the room. I have a really cool Murphy bed. It ought to be. It costs too much. Anyway. And if it's so but, tall, um, that's neat. Tell well, no, it's even better. Because oh. I didn't want one that went on the wall. It looks like a chest. Oh. Tell the truth, dude. Hmm. You're, you're a Delph, right? I'm what? You're a Delph, right? You can't probably can't see it very well because it's dark. I'm a I'm a what? You're a Delph, right? Dude, you'd like to f- what? Yeah, that's or what I'm hearing. Delph? Yeah. I found out since I've lost a lot of weight. Um, and I had I've dated I've had several sexual congressional groupings with females of you my had, own species. You had orgies? Um, and um, I found out since I've lost all this weight that I apparently have quite a large penis. And I never really was that impressed with my own. But anyway, and uh, yeah, but I've also found out through statistically when you lose, is, you know, I've lost like 200 pounds. So like for every 30 pounds you lose, they say you're going to gain a half, a half inch of back. So I've gained basically almost about four inches, five inches a day. And before I got fat, I only had two. So I'm doing pretty good. Now, I remember on the last episode of Strange Times, and I can't remember which one it was, you were talking about this chick that you were kind of dating but not really dating that had cancer, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It's the same episode. Unless, unless we went on two dates. We yes. went on two dates. So I haven't dated that woman since then. Um, yeah, she did what they call uh, ghosting. On the internet dating. So, yeah, she just quit writing back. And, yeah, I'm not a psychopath, so I don't keep writing. (laughs) You know, I write once, and if you don't respond, I don't write anymore. That's called... That's called, in my sense, not being insane. That, that seems um, to be the, the protocol. Uh, it's just, you know. It, it seems reasonable. Yeah. Um, I don't send pictures of my penis. My dick, literally, to, as a joke, and just because I fucking love the irony of it, is I'll send a picture of Richard Nixon doing this. That's my <laughs> I'll say, okay, here's the dick pic. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's like the- it's a picture of Richard Nixon doing this oh. while he was at the Please hold me. That uh, because they can't see what we're talking about. Who? Uh, a listener. Oh. A very important person in my life. Uh, that can probably change the course of my life. Um, so, basically, what Edges did was he just basically put up his arm with a fist. Okay? Yeah. Basically, it's describing his, you know, like King Steel, basically, like his whole fucking forearm and right. his fucking fist. Which is basically saying he has a big fucking schlong. If you, no, it's just like it's just like going, oh, it's like going, oh, I'm cool. It's Ugh. just a picture of Richard Nixon doing that, if, you know, with his right. fist like that. If any, like, if anybody has ever seen Ugh. an Adam and Eve catalog, imagine the fist of Adonis. That's it, right there. Or I'm pump you up. That thing from fucking old SNL. Oh yeah, Hans and Franz. Yeah. Hans and Franz. That was, that was... I met Dana Carvey. Oh yeah, how through cool podcast. How can you fucking? That's amazing. Not fucking think that fucking rocks. You... I met Dana Carvey. You know it's great. Speaking of that, I heard... actually, oh great. Speaking of like celebrities, I had a chance to, uh, and we were talking about this earlier. This is what I was talking about. We like we we vent or not vent, but we go off on a tangent. I actually had Certainly. a chance on. T- to talk to uh, George Carlin's daughter a couple of times, which, Kelly. Really? Yeah, I. She's cool. I love. I love fucking George Carlin, you know. But that reminds me. That reminds me. I, I wanted to do this earlier, but we had technical difficulties. Um, we lost George Romero recently. Yes, I was going to bring that up when we were talking about Stephen King stuff because I thought he did the dark half pretty well. I thought, yeah. I but, uh, yeah, yeah, rest in peace, George Romero and Martin Landau, one of the best Bela Lugosi's uh, I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's what most people, yeah, I mean, I oh, remember no. him from older TV shows, but I love the movie Ed Wood. It's one of my favorite fucking movies ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a great film. It's literally, when I would fucking, when I was in my worst times, you know, and I would, wouldn't be able to find a campsite or a 
cheap hotel to crash in and sleep in my car. Yeah. I would play like Ed Wood on my iPhone on timer as I fell asleep. Really? You, you know, because I, I have a visual memory. So <laughs> after I've seen a movie once or twice, I remember all the visuals to it and just listening to it. Yeah. And I'll, list, I'll watch it in my head while I listen to it. Ready for Halloween? Well, it doesn't have to be Halloween for you to be ready for this. The Combat Radio two-disc Halloween albums, featuring many of our epic regulars, musicians, songs, and haunted audio tales. All there for you anytime you want it. You want Halloween in August? You want it in May? You want it in April? Get it. Go to CD Baby, enter Combat Radio Halloween, and get yourself hooked up with some haunted awesomeness today. You know what's weird? Because like we're not like, obviously, like Tyson and I, we're not like Mark Hershon. But home! I have no home. <laughs> um, Hunted. Despised. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> we do mention. Wanted! We do mention other podcasts on the show. So Tyson uh, had recently mentioned something to me about doing a uh, another podcast. And uh, my initial reaction was to be a little jelly, but I'm not. I'm not. I love you, Tyson. Um, but here's the point to this. Um, because he's doing this other podcast, Trying. I was watching something on Netflix for the past two days. I was watching Schindler's List. Oh, yeah. Great. Oh, such an up movie. Right. Right. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. Like, cause I remember watching this movie as a kid. Dude, but- I have a whole bit of in my divorce act. That's right. based on Schindler's List because I divorced a Jew. What can I do? <laughs> and I'm a Jew. And, and she fucking totally made it torture. It was totally she. And it's not my fault. People would like ask me when I was practicing my act, "Are you Jewish?" And I would say, "Yeah, I'm a bit Jewish. My ancestors well, that came here are Jewish." <laughs> but I was married to a Jew for twenty two point six six years. Well, I paid in blood, sweat, and tears. I'm a fucking Jew. I'm an Italian Jew. <laughs> Plus, I've had all the work below here. <laughs> I'm an Italian So um I'm part Jewish and part Italian. Cool. So yeah. Thanks to the holy church of Rome. Right. So anyway, the, the, the point of this topic is the fact that Tyson's doing a uh, another podcast, which is which is cool, you know. Do you feel um, like he's cheating on you? You feel <laughs> deceived? <laughs> okay. I'll admit it, it felt like that, but it's Tyson, he's not cheating on me. Um because I would like castrate them. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's not good energy to put out there. No, no, no. Yeah. But he's he's doing like this whole podcast. chemically or physically. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, mentally, okay, totally different thing. But he's okay. doing a he's doing a. He could get through that with therapy and good right. friends, but easily. He's... So I'm Tyson. Call me. <laughs> happy place happy place what? He's, doing, he's doing a you're good enough you're like, smart enough and dog on it people like me like, right he's doing he's, he's doing a podcast Alfred. on he's doing a podcast on political times and one of the things he wanted to talk about was uh, anti-semitism yeah um, so I started watching Schindler's List so that I can brush up on like everything that was going on during that time because it's still going on. I just wanted to do a history of it, basically, and kind of like, uh, right. you know, from like as early. It basically, just go through Wikipedia and talk through each phase of it and how it comes and goes and just, just you know. Oh, it definitely comes and goes in this country. Well, just so that people have an audio record of based, people, you know. Based so, on what we have written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anti-Semitism started a bit before 1940, 1939, just so you know. I mean, <laughs> it goes it goes way on back. Way back. You know, and, um, I was uh, just busting your chops, Tyson. Don't take it personal. No, I know. I know. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, what's funny is, uh, you know, I didn't know historically and ancestrally that I'm part Jewish. I'm a mutt. My male ancestors that originally came in here to this country in 1789 was a German Jew from Bonn, Germany. Hmm. His name was Hans Michael Volk. And uh, he emigrated to Pennsylvania. And literally, 1789, he was part of the wave. I, this is all from my reading up on history. 
He was part of the wave of immigration that Benjamin Franklin himself, one of our founding fathers, referred to as those dirty Germans. Well, you're well, Tyson, you're Jewish, right? Well, that just goes to prove two things. Even in 1789, no matter what color you were, when you came to this country, there was someone here waiting to hate you. Oh, yeah. And two, and two, those dirty Jews wasn't politically correct in the papers in 1789. True. There's a lot of, I mean, there's, it's just, there's just hatred. There's no short supply of hatred. It's, it's, uh, and is white on white hatred. And it's not, it's not a new thing. It's, it's, uh, well, you know, it's just, we tend to, yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, I think, like, right now what's going on, like, right now with, like, politically, you know, mm-hmm. we're, and, and you know, that's why I'm all in favor of, like, that, that show you're doing. Um, it's, it's because, uh, no, no, no it, it's, it's totally cool because if you think about it, like, what happened in Germany, like, the rise of Hitler and all that shit, like, you know, like, what's mm-hmm. news and all that shit, mm-hmm. we're seeing that, like, right now, except our Fuhrer is blaming, like, Muslims, you know, and not all of them are... Oh, he's doing all the same things that Goering literally said during the Nuremberg trials. Exactly. You don't have to do anything complicated to get fucking people to do what you want to do. You lie, you call the press liars and say it's fake news, you victimize someone, you call the people that disagree with you non-patriots and fucking traitors, and people will do what you fucking want. Mm-hmm. Now, Bush started us down this fucking road with the fucking Patriot Act, uh, the, which I was against from day one. I was in the Army. Look, I, I believe in this fucking country. My dad I, was- ideologically, it's a great fucking system. Capitalism has fucked it up, and the Supreme Court has been polluted and allowed that to get worse by saying corporations are people, which is a fucked up concept and more mm-hmm. rock. Um, but yeah, just the political funding system in this country is fucked. That's what screwed us beyond words. Um, and then Reaganism and his concepts and the fact that people dilute the facts about what happened with Reaganism in the 80s mm-hmm. um, really fuck people up because people just fucking read what supports what they already want to believe. 90% of the time. Most bias. people don't look at multiple sources like I do and challenge their own bullshit. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, now, so, I, go ahead. I love to be proven wrong. That's the last thing I was going to say. Oh, yeah, me too. I, I learn Wait, stuff that way. You know, I like to, I like to learn that I'm wrong about stuff because, it, you know, it, it's yeah, but sort you, of. You're not really wrong. No, no, but when I when I'm wrong, I need to know because that's oh, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. shapes my reality, and my, I need my reality to be as accurate as possible. To well, I mean, as far as like know what you I know, sh- it's mm-hmm. like I mean, like when I consider like smart people in my life, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and you and I have known each other for like fifteen, well, what, ten years? Uh, well, what is this? Twenty seventeen? It's been about uh, well, it's about seven years right now. Years. Seven? Yeah, 2010. Was I'm not abandoning you. I'm just getting bourbon. Okay. Okay. Um, I know it feels like longer, but we, it's it's. I mean, I've yeah. only been on Twitter oh. since 2009, so um, right. so it can't be longer so, like, than that. Yeah. You're you're one of the smartest cats I know. So like you know, oh, well, I did, you don't know you. So I mean, I don't. You know, I, I appreciate that. I I don't think of myself as smart, but I do think of myself as curious, and that I do like to just kind of I, I like to. Like, you know, we're probably equally as smart uh, in the sense that, like, you know a whole bunch of things and reference points that I have never experienced or know and have nothing to draw on, no context for that. And you have paths of, of knowledge you've gone down that I was not privy to, and it's much in the same way with you and me. So, I mean, like, you, I might know a lot of stuff that you don't, but I'm sure you know tons of things that I don't know. And that, you know, I, I think you're just being smart because of that as well. I just think that's that's just how people are. You know, we, we all kind of... That's bring called accumulated knowledge. Yeah, but that's why, union. you know, that's why I also... And critical uh, thinking. When, uh, you know, speaking of which, like when, when Tyson uh, said that he wanted to do this, like, uh, well, what is it, like a, a political show? Well, it's... It's... it's um. NPR on crack. Yeah, sorry. Well, it was uh, or blue crystal meth, like from uh, Breaking Bad. From Breaking Bad, yeah, the the stuff with the chili powder in it. Um, 
It's um no 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 that was not the blue don't don't insult Heisenberg with that chili powder captain uh fucking that he did before he hooked up uh, with Heisenberg I'm sorry that was low grade math that was not good okay. uh, but chemically I'm a I'm math again sorry <laughs> math math I ah. I, um, I feel like the one in the room it's uh, don't don't it's it's <clears throat> we're, we're there's some weird inside jokes we're throwing around, but they're not. They're just. They're just cultural. Like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reference yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. yeah cultural it's just, reference points. It, it's we just have a few in common, and you know, you, you know, it's this is people how it, know Breaking Bad. They'll get that shit. But like, no, I'm I'm thinking like it's 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 such a good thing for somebody that has um, a podcast hmm. to really talk about these things. You know, huge comedy, know. huge comedy point tip. I have learned if my joke reference, as far as some movie or something, isn't streamingly av- av- available streaming somewhere, mm-hmm. find a different reference. <laughs> I've literally learned that. If your joke reference isn't a streaming, because I used to do a joke about, and I would reference and say, you know, I had accidentally married uh, the deliberate stranger of spouses. Which right. is a Ted Bundy joke. Yeah. It's a Ted Bundy reference. Right, um, right. But a lot of younger people didn't get that. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, let me give you a streaming reference. I married Dexter in a dress. Yeah. And then they would laugh. <laughs> but I would lay both of them out that way, just on point, because older people would get the whole point, and then they would get the second point and the point of the second point, which I love that joke. But it's a subtle little joke. That's a good tip. I used to have a joke. I just like shit about that too, but jokes, yeah, absolutely. If you're fucking gonna throw some kind of movie or something reference, make sure it's available streaming somewhere. So if people don't laugh, you can go, hey, don't you have fucking Amazon Prime? What the fuck? I don't. Two day, two day shipping, and you can see fucking a million videos plus that fucking reference, and then you move on. I, I'm in the. I well, would... Yeah. What 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 I'm saying is like you know now that we have. Obviously, like people that have like uh, a platform, right, or a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's very important to use that platform to talk about what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've noticed that other uh, podcasts that never previously got political are now getting political. They're just know? talking about their lives, though. That's what they should do. Yeah, exactly. But they're also making references to fucking Trump out the ass. Because it frustrates them. This is what it. Well, yeah. But if you think about, if you think about it, like you know, uh, for example, uh, Hollywood Babylon has made like multiple jokes about Trump. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, our show, our show that was never intended to be political at all, is talking about Trump. You talk about strength. But you're frustrated with what you're hearing around you. I mean, you can't believe. I've got relatives back in hillbilly land in the Ohio Valley, literally, you know, and they voted for Trump and I can't believe it. I'm like, you know, you got to fucking, my son's got special needs. Everything yeah. he says is against those kinds of people. What the fuck are you doing? That's why I, I and it's because like, they're frustrated oh. old white men that are pissed off that they're not fucking in charge anymore. Get over it. Exactly. I've been facing that and dealing with the bullshit of those guys my whole life. That's life. Get over it. I can't get up on stage and bitch about being frustrated as a white guy because it's stupid. Well, you, you can get on stage. I've had a shitty fucking life for a white guy. I haven't had a stellar white guy life. <laughs> no, there's been no cool sweaters wrapped around Ed's neck at school. I got no <laughs> letters, you know. I fucking was floating around the universe and fucking existing and making people laugh the whole way. And people always fucking said you should be a stand-up, and I was like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind doing that. Until I lived in San Francisco, I never really had a place where I could do it on a stage and fuck around. You know, and then I started. Doing I was gonna say you know who had a great who had a great young um young white guy life? Uh, uh, Donald Trump. No, that's just a fictional character. Uh, Dexter Riley. 
Dexter Riley. Who's that? It's Kurt Russell's character from that trilogy of Disney movies he made as a teenager. Like, the computer wore tennis shoes, and now you see him, The computer wore tennis shoes, I totally remember. Oh, I didn't oh. realize they were all the same character. Yeah, Dexter Riley, yeah. But I remember all those movies. I remember seeing them in drive-ins. Yeah. Like, they would be the first feature because they would plan on the kids falling asleep in the back seat before the oh, R-rated one came on oh. as the third movie during the... Oh, 70s drive-in. Oh, so that's what happened to me when there was a double feature of Superman and Saturday Night Fever. And it's like, no wonder my folks wanted me to go to sleep after Superman. Because I I finally saw that movie and I I had no business watching that as a kid. So I'm glad that I... Tell the truth then. How much sex have you had at a driving theater? None. Fucker. I've never had sex in a car. I never have. I have had sex on the ground right next to a graveyard. Oh, Tyson said once. Okay. You missed what I said. I've never had sex in a car, but I have had sex on the ground right next to a graveyard, wore the skin off my knees. Ooh, I've had sex in a car. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. And I've never been haunted by anything from that graveyard. No, mostly just from my second marriage and the creature. No flying spears. How many marriages have you had? What? How many marriages have you had? Two. 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 I was married very briefly to my first wife. I have a daughter. I married her before I went in the army. Uh, and not a good story. And that's one of the reasons I was always so devoted to my boys. It's because, you know, that marriage ended very briefly, very quickly. It was my high school girlfriend and... Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, she was Catholic. You're not we used, Catholic. We, we used the rhythm method. It worked for a brief, for a period of time, obviously. Hmm. And uh, now, see the difference between the Strange Time show, which I absolutely love, and the Anti-Social show is that we actually let our guests talk and talk about themselves. So. <laughs> well, Davian's heard all this shit before. That's probably why he doesn't play it on brief times. He's on uh, strange times. He's like, oh, I've heard right. this. He's like, oh, I've heard this. This is tripe. I don't need to hear this again. No one else needs to hear this. Actually, I've been trying to drag Samantha Pat and uh, Davian Dent on so, uh, the anti-social uh, show for quite a long time. Uh, they very the strange hours. They believe in this thing called Geneva time. Mm-hmm. Which is just tripe. It's just. Do I need to send. Uh, watches are a confidence trick invented by the Swiss to sell watches. Right. That's now, do, do, do I need just to. Just stay send... up and get on the show, dude. Right. Now, do I need to. Uh, now, of course, I'm not going to oppose this on Tyson, of course. Um, uh-huh. uh, do I need to send uh, Davian a shit ton of booze to uh, get him to accept my invite on the show? Depends on the shape of his liver. Hmm. He was currently bedridden. You may need to send him like some kind of oxycotton derivative, which is really well far too readily available, based on what I've been reading about Ohio uh, uh, heroin statistics. Um, but uh, you know, uh, I don't think that's really kicked off in England. He's so not yeah. doing well. Is that, I think is a good batch of oxycotton would really. Help. He he wasn't feeling good. I think he's doing better. Okay. I'm just making a little. Because he's doing better. All right. No, I think he is doing better. I like to rant about tramadol. I've heard of tramadol. Which I I had to look up because I didn't. I'm not big on prescription drugs. I've been around nurses and doctors all my life, but I don't like pharmaceutical shit because the stuff they gave for my back I never worked with. That's why I like weed. It helps my back pain go in. That's it. I think he's doing good because, you know, apparently the last episode I heard, which was like Fuzzy Pussy or Fuzzy Cup Pussy or whatever the fuck, apparently Samantha talked him into drinking like a half a bottle of like fucking gin. Yeah, I did oh. see the tweets. <laughs> I saw the tweets and the stuff on Facebook about it. Yeah. It's uh, episode 227, mm-hmm. Furry Cups. Yes, furry cups. That was it. So I remember, like, he was talking about how, like, Samantha, like, you know, talked him into drinking like a half a bottle of, half a bottle of gin, and you know, really, oh yeah, like he's blaming her for it, and it's, it's I mean, obviously it's not her fault. It was like it was a joke, but it's still fucking funny. You got to keep so. in mind, Davian is, is of course still married. So, well, of course he's still married. Surprise, has to blame it on someone, Lady Dad. Right. Lady that's, how, that's how the Mrs. Ms. Benjamin. 
Isn't it Ms. Benjamin? Hunter? I think Hunter is not here right now. Oh, wait, wait. Am I fading out? Oh, oh no, you're, everyone you're, you're, you're clear as day. Benjamin? Clear as Charlie Day. No, I'm here. There you are. Oh, yes, there you are. Well, cause yeah, I'm here. Tyson makes me lose my confidence because he sits there and stares at me like I've lost my mind. Oh, I'm but just listening. Hunter, Hunter, Hunter laughs. So when Hunter cuts it, it really makes me worry. It's like it's like when the crowd goes dead and I have to say, okay, this is a streaming reference. You can look it up. Yeah, yeah. Let, well, me, let me give you the short bibliography for this joke before I move on and segue to my stuff. Yeah, I'm, I, I'd be a terrible uh, audience member in the. I mean, like I laugh, but you know, stuff has to really catch me off guard in a in a uh, in a in a uh, comedian setting. But yeah. like, I listen. Like, I mean, a lot of the time, I'm I, like, I'll smile and I'll hear it, and I think, God, that's really funny. But I might not necessarily laugh. Hey everyone, this is Ethan from Combat Radio. You know, one of the great literary works of art is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Now you can get A Christmas Carol done by us, Combat Radio's very own version, with their epic cast of regulars, and you can help social services while you're at it. Go to cdbaby.com, enter Combat Radio Christmas 3, and bam, get yourself A Christmas Carol, featuring Carolyn Hennessy of True Blood, Ian Buchanan of Twin Peaks, Stuart Pankin of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and many other epic personalities. Have yourself a Christmas anytime you want it. Remember like HBO After Dark? Yeah, exactly. I remember that shit mm-hmm. like from like back in the eighties and nineties and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, Manuel in Washington is not nearly as good when I watch it now as it was in my thirteen-year-old pre-sex uh, uh, imagination. Oh, Emmanuel! Far back then, were they? All- yeah, it was a whole series of Sylvia Crystal or yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this, Ed. <laughs> Because you remember, like, HBO After Dark. Do you remember Robin Bird? Robin Bird. The name sounds familiar. If I yeah. saw his face in a clip of the show, I would probably remember it. Because, yeah, I would see. Dude, I lived in Nebraska, and um, mm-hmm. we didn't get cable mm-hmm. until 1981 in our town. Mm-hmm. And um, they had a box out on the street. And I figured out in 1981 how to hack that box and go out there and you would remove literally, it was just a filth they would put between your cable and the cable connection to your house. It was just a static filter that would filter out. It would scramble Mm -hmm. at that point uh, the pay channels, HBO, CMAX, and Showtime. Oh, you know what's funny? I have HBO now. Only because I like Westworld and I never got to finish the series, which I enjoyed. If you guys want to talk about that, love fucking Westworld. I haven't, haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to. Have you Actually, seen, you've you know, seen the I original did... movie? Oh, yes, with uh, no, uh, James Baldwin and it. Richard Benjamin. Yeah, I've never Yule seen it. Yeah, it's a good movie. The old runner. I, yeah, I saw yeah. Future World, too, actually. There's a few. Yeah, I saw that one, too. Both great movies. I saw them both in the drive-in. Uh, Hunter, got to check that stuff. There's a couple touches to those original movies mm. in the series if you watch it in the background. There's like a dude in the black, looks like Yul Brenner in mm. the background a few times when they're working on simulants in different oh, nice. areas. Nice. And, and so there's like subtle throws to the old eggs. series background. I like Robin Williams. I like Robin Williams, man. You're yeah. totally throwing me. Why? Uh, oh, don't get don't get me started on like Robin Williams, like the master of comedy, dude, because he was like miss, a genius. Miss him so much. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Did you see him in like one hour photo finishing? Who me? Or yeah. Oh, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched it. It wasn't my favorite of his movies, but yeah, I watched it. But that's like that's what I'm talking about. It's 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 like you know, um, somebody that can be like so funny, you know, can like can be totally different as far as like that's concerned. And even like Insomnia, like he totally changed like his personality just to be that, you know. Well, yeah, he did a great short, very serious scene in the movie Dead Again with uh, Kenneth Branagh and um, Emma Thompson and. Uh, that film made this small, I think, I don't know if it's uncredited, but it was, you know, a very intense, tiny scene where he, uh, and, and it was But great, early, great look, he's, he was always a, yeah, serious actor. Yeah. World According uh, to Garp. And he did, World According to Garp, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Sorry. Moscow and the Hudson. Still need to see that one. I saw, I, that's a 
fucking great movie. It's totally fucking depressing. Yeah. It's a total blues movie. It's got a lot of jazz music in it and a lot of shit like that. But it, uh, yeah, and, but it's fucking true to the novel, and it's a fucking great movie. That's like people don't like Bill Murray's The Razor's Edge, but it's also a very fucking honest um, portrayal of the fucking book. And it also shows that Bill Murray had some range, and people weren't ready to see Bill Murray display that when he did that. It was a vanity project. Jacob he got to do that because of something else. I forget oh. what. But that's like that's like Robin Williams got to do Moscow on the Hudson because of, of some Popeye or something else he did. Oh, cool. You know, uh, it was a vanity project that he helped get produced. I did see Popeye. Oh, that's neat. One of the worst films ever made. I loved the Popeye comic strip, but I'm sorry, Roger Altman fumbled. Popeye. Um, yeah, yeah, the songs by Harry Nelson, I think. And I, I'm sorry, Shelley Duvall. Yeah, I, I actually it's tough. To I saw it when I was a kid. I mean, <laughs> even though you know. she does perfectly look like Olive, I get that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, but yeah, uh, so. She, I did see this movie when it came out in a theater uh, when I was very young, so but I, I haven't really seen yeah. it. Uh, well, actually, didn't it come out eight nineteen eighty? Uh, yeah, I was six years old then. So it yeah, nineteen eighty, and I saw it in the theater, and I've watched it deliberately recently. Yeah, I need and to gone it. back to watch it on video somewhere streaming. I really need yeah, because I'll it. do that. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder about like things that I thought were great when I was a kid, and I'll go back and watch them and go, "Oh my god, this is a piece of shit." <laughs> but it's great to realize that and go, "Okay, well, it was totally shaded by, by what I, my perception of the universe sure. when I was twelve, you know, yeah. or whatever." It, it's fun uh, to realize shit like that, okay. and then other movies still hold up Uh-oh. forever. Yes, they do. Um, you like, know, go ahead. Yeah, what holds up for you forever? That's what I was going to say. We were talking earlier about um, how uh, the Large Hadron Collider may have opened up, you know, uh, bits, you know, like so bits, uh, alternate realities are kind of spilling into each other. I was reminded of the next film in the 1980s called My Science Project, which was one of the teenage science films that had come out in a very short period of time, including Weird Science and. um, uh, There's one other one that I can't think of. Weird Science is classic. Yeah, I'm trying, I, can't, I can't think of the third one. But anyway, so My Science Project is the one where they find this uh, bit of, I think, alien technology. We're not sure, but, you know, uh, it, it's... And then they try to pass it off as their, you know... I made this for science class thing. and it Their opens, science fair project. And it yeah. opens up I a bunch of time portals. And Dennis Hopper's in it as the as, as the science teacher. And, and it's, 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 uh, it's, you know, it's a really bizarre little movie. It has Fisher Stevens being ex- this great, funny, kind of greaser character. And um, it's it's just an odd movie. Oh, oh, Real Genius was the third one. It's like, yeah, these are the, the teenage science films. The Real Genius, uh, sorry, Real Genius. Real Genius. Was, that was like, mm-hmm. that's the best fucking Val Kilmer role is, ever. It is pretty good. Okay, Val Kilmer. Because it's before he's conceited and full of himself and a total dickhead. Oh. <laughs> Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Batman. Yo, uh, uh. What about him? Uh, you know, based on the scale of what happened to the Batman in those first five Batmans, one and two, Tim Burton, classics, great, Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Val Kilmer was very transitional, um, was okay. I kind of think in that movie it was saved. Nicole Kidman annoyed the shit out of me. Um, Chase Meridian? I, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it's just, it's just, it's not as, it's just as implausible that she's any kind of fucking psychological specialist in a Batman genre movie, universe film, as it is in Days of Thunder and her being a fucking brain surgeon. Uh, it's fucking Nicole Kidman. I'm think, sorry. I'm not buying it. It's just sucking me right out of the reality of fucking DC. If fucking yeah. Nicole Kidman is a deep fucking dark psychotherapist. And yeah. also, um, that's also when um, Joel Schumacher, he didn't throw in the full-on nipples that he did Not with um, the uh, further-on Batmans he did, but he threw in a hinted nipple effect 
in some of the Batman shading in that movie. So I think you could kind of see cinematically and visually where he was going. So I think he was possibly um, cornholing the cinematographer. Uh, Maybe I'm reading a little too much, but I'm a film student. Yeah, but you've seen Dead Calm, right? (laughs) Yeah, with Billy Zane and Sam Neill. Yeah, yeah. You've seen what? Dead Calm. Dead Calm. It's a it was a quiet little thriller film that uh, from around 1987 or eight something like that or something like I can look it up but yeah it was Sam Neill before uh, before Jurassic Park and it was Nicole Kidman well I think before Days of Thunder just before Days of Thunder yeah, I but probably have it. seen it, um, it probably wrong Nicole about Kidman that. in that movie wrong. Nicole Nicole Kidman in that movie was fucking hot oh yeah right yeah yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Look, so, she's a good-looking woman, and I can totally see oh, yeah. why her Fucking parents God. sold her to the Church of Scientology, and then they in sold her to Tom Cruise in a marriage truce yeah, uh, slash contract. Seen, like, I mean, it's I, all you know, it's all what part of what L. Ron Hubbard laid out. If you can read between the lines of Dianetics, I had a couple friends that got sucked into the Church of Scientology in the '80s in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Really, really kind of weird. Weird, weird, yeah, weird. You, you've, you've seen like Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, great movie, but uh, you know uh, that that's, that's fucking Stanley Kubrick, dude. That's let me, cinematography. Let me that's that's let me remind Stanley you. Kubrick and setting. And ninety nine percent of those hot ass bodies that you love in uh, Eyes Wide Shut are not Nicole Kidman, my friend. Well, my just friend, let me just point that out to you as well. Let me let me remind you. <laughs> Eyes wide shut. Stanley Kubrick, the fucking shining, which is like Kubrick. Phenomenal. Stanley Kubrick. Let's let's just fix your New Jersey thing right now. Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> fucking the shining. That's all I'm gonna fucking say. The well, again, I have problems, but but again, that's because what's her name, Shelley um, Duvall. Uh, Duvall is in the shining, and she. Drove fucking famously. If you ever research uh, the Shining filming, drove fucking Stanley Kubrick insane, and he made her refilm shots to the point that that's why she seems hysterical in some of those shots, because he was fucking driving her insane. He was like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" He was fucking riding the shit out of this woman during this. Well, I feel bad for her actually because she's like a fucking old ass fucking lady who's fucking literally insane. When you read about it now, yeah, but when you read about it, she wasn't who he wanted in that role, so he was stuck with her because the studio wanted her in it. Well, yeah. Who who did he want in the role? I don't recall who it was. I want to say Faye Dunaway. For some reason. Yeah, but you know what? You know what's funny to me because it was like, around the time of um, "Mommy Dearest." Oh, you yes. Know what's funny? Still need to see that too. <clears throat> yes, yes, Hunter. What's funny? What's funny to me is like you know, like when like certain things that weren't supposed to happen, like happen. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, and they leave them in. Yeah. Like, take for example this show, right? Please. Um. Right. This show. Right, Tyson. Take the show, please. Take this show. Um, wouldn't happen now. How much are you going to give me to take it? <laughs> I'll give you my my heart. Um, are you going to comp me on the hosting fees? Is it tax deductible? I mean, how much can we write off on this show? Well, I'll tell you. Could you do a door deal. Okay. Make I'll it attractive. Be- I just put 10500 in the stock market last week, babies. I'll personally <laughs> love you for fucking life. But anyway... Um, this show, you know, happened naturally because of me and Tyson. So certain things happen because of who they get. Like take, like for example, Shelley Duvall. You know, in the original Shining, that fucking movie wouldn't have happened. Wasn't for fucking her. You know. Okay. Case in point. Thank I can you. Very easily thank see you. Faye Dunaway in that role like and totally fucking bad. killing it, based I, on the timing. Right. I, I but I don't like Shelley Duvall. She's fucking annoying as piss to me. Well, yeah, I mean, you could you, maybe you don't like her because of like who she is, but think about it. Like her performance in the fucking Shining made the movie. It's annoying to me. It doesn't convince <laughs> me. She doesn't make me feel frightened or make me feel any residual. That's part of what a fucking Jamie Lee Curtis 
as stupid as yeah. fucking Halloween and Halloween Two were. Oh, make fucking worry for her. Laurie Strode, oh. yeah, a good character. Yeah, he did. Well, but that's because Jamie Lee Curtis was a good actress and sold it. That you know, I mean, looking back on it now, yeah, it's like get up and run, bitch. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, come on, pick up an hand iron. Slam him upside the fucking head. I mean, come on. Oh. <laughs> Don't walk away. Double tap. I mean, it's total zombie land rules that have been going off in my head since the 80s. And that's what I loved about zombie land. I was like, okay, this is cool. I like, they're finally doing a sequel to it, supposedly. Oh, really? Which I, I, that's interesting. They, they, yeah, because they've been talking about doing it for a while. Like, they didn't, even, that, didn't they even uh, try and, I mean, I think originally it was made, it was meant for television, and then like I think since the film has come out, they've tried to adapt a version of it for television. I is that sound like they a thing? Yeah, I don't know. They try and adapt everything for TV, sadly, which they shouldn't do. Everything for TV? No, I mean there are things that shouldn't be on TV. I suppose. Well, you know what's perplexing me. Speaking of which, is that I just saw an ad for, um, and when I say just, I mean like oh, three weeks ago, I saw an ad for something that it looks like a an alternate universe take on the idea of get shorty by elmer leonard it's like it's we we kind of have a get shorty which is the one with john travolta and whatnot which is pretty accurate to the book and now we have this other one that it looks like it's i recently just watched it again too yeah and the sequel oh oh see now i still need to see that i have a copy but i haven't seen it yet i collect it was it it was streaming on um hbo hbo now get shorty and, John Travolta um, is he still around? Yeah. You mean like is he still with us? Yeah. Living? Oh, I think I believe so. Yes, no, he's no, no. still he's still breathing. Yes. No, 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 because there was yes, he's still like, performing. There was like some type of like weird shit going on with him, like in the early two thousands. Well, he made Battlefield Earth, which is still to me one of oh. the best non intentional parody films ever fucking made i mean oh yeah that movie fucking is it's meant to be a totally hardcore serious fucking sci-fi yeah i I laugh from beginning to end it just fucking it's one of the best comedies i've ever seen it is funny but it wasn't meant to be a comedy (laughs) it's so fucking good i I actually read the book i'm one i i I read that instead of dianetics Uh, and battlefield earth the book is actually very funny it is a funny book i never read it it's a hilarious yeah. book. It's 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 all it's very like um it's very subtly satirical and par- and 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 it, the parody in it when you find out who's really behind the uh destruction of the earth or not the destruction but the enslavement of the earth it's a, it's a he's definitely saying something. It might be anti-semitic. I'm not sure, but he's definitely saying something. <laughs> it's and it's a it's a it is a funny book though. And Oh yeah, they call it the human, They call the human slokas or something. something. Yeah, I mean, there's a derogatory term and there's for a, oh. oxygen breathers. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, and it's so weird, too, because having seen having seen the film first and then going, oh, I got this. I could get this used copy of Battlefield. Or, sure, I can read this thousand-page book. I've done that. You know, Stephen King's written long-ass books before. I was kind of trained for it. And it was funny enough when I got out. through it. But, like... I, it's all I can picture in my head is is John Travolta as that character because it's what you know it's what I saw first. So he's playing the cyclo, you know. That, I can't remember the name of the character, but it, yeah, yeah, Tarl, I can't Tarl It doesn't matter. Like but it was it doesn't funny. even matter. It's just so fucking great. Yeah, because it was a vanity project that Travolta got made. So that's what's so great about it. He meant it to be a serious sci-fi flick, and it's just fucking hilarious. It's so fucking great. Did you ever hear the How Did This Get There's <laughs> oh my a God. podcast called How Did This Get Made, and they did Battlefield Earth. That episode is pretty great. Oh, speaking of which, speaking of podcasts. Uh, okay. Um, Ed, have you listened to the Evil po- uh, Teddy Bear uh, podcast? I don't believe I have that one down, but I will Do write it. it down right Dude, I've got the fucking pen in my hand, and I was literally saying I will write it down now. V. <laughs> evil. Evil. Pronounce it fucking correctly, bitch. Evil. I love you, man. With a big uh, L. Right. With a big L. Uh, oh, sorry. Teddy Bear Podcast. Oh, Teddy Bear. Yeah. Hold on, I gotta make that little ellipsis signal. Okay. Podcast. And I will Google it with the 
correct Boolean parameters. George, so I won't find a bunch of shit like you do when you use Google, you uneducated slob. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking directly at your half of the screen. Tyson totally knows it. He's totally dealing with sound levels and goes, oh, Ed's totally ripping on Hunter right now. And I believe all the listeners know. See, that's one of the beautiful things about podcasting. Let me give you a tip right now, Hunter. you got to talk. Like the listeners know you, you talk, you're talking directly into people's fucking head. I learned this in college radio in the early 80s, my friend. I still hold the record in college radio for having three call-ins to a live show. Never before or since has that happened in a college radio station. Well, let me with, talk with, with, with. Five megawatts of broadcasting power. Thank you very much. Let me tell you something, my Jedi Master. I love you. I will bow down to you. No, my favorite compliments are when people feel to say, hey, I feel like you're talking to me. And it is. That's the trick. Every show, talk like you're talking to one person. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to... I want the audience to know. Imagine the audience as one non-gender specific... A person with no genitalia whatsoever mm. that you would fuck no matter what. I want and talk audience. to that person like you like them. And I you don't want to steal everything they own or your sperm or ovum, hence whatever <laughs> the case may be. I and, you know, audience. pretend like you genuinely respect that person as an individual species on this planet. I want the I want my I want the audience to know from this point on this is a record okay Tyson remember record okay okay so I'm gonna bring this up now if I ever die my half of the show belongs to Tyson he can do whatever he wants with it but from and Tyson's got this look on his face like I'm gonna die tomorrow um no I'm not gonna die um but any comedy. Double-edged super blue. I tried it. Go vertical if you're going to do that, but I wouldn't advise that. It's really painful, and it takes up to over three hours based on body weight. It's a really bad way super to do blue? it. Super glue. Super blue. It's it's a double-edged razor reference. Sorry. Go on. Any comedy blue. that I learned from this point on for this show is based on Ed Wallach. My master. One of the things I learned really early is watching TV and shit as a kid. I was a, literally like you would watch um, Judd Apatow's show from the 90s. Um, uh, Freaks and Geeks? With Freaks and Geeks. I never saw I was one real. of the kids. I was raised by TV. Cool. <clears throat> my mom and dad divorced when I was seven. And we, so moved, around, we moved around <laughs> a lot when I was – this is in the – Late seventies, early eighties. You know, I was born in sixty-eight. You, so, um, you know, and so yeah, I was literally that group of freaks and geeks. And if I had started doing comedy and not got into wives, raising my kids, and you know, I would be peers with all these people that I love now. But I kind of look at my life as a. I've got to look at my life as a. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield kind of scenario. You're a okay. cool dad. You're you're good in my book. Rodney Dangerfield. He did still do not a cool dad entertainment shit. He no he did, he was a great dad. He raised his kids. He had his wife and kids with issues and raised them. And but he ran a club in New York and he promoted comedians. And go ahead, Tyson. I was going to say you got something to say about was, it. You understand it. Well, I, I, I know I was, I was listening, but I, I imagine, you know, that, you know, that he was, you know, you're saying he's good dude. I imagine at some point, you know, he would get a little respect. <laughs> oh, I want you to know. I want you to know. It's just the most obvious joke. I just went for that. <laughs> I love Rodney. That's why I'm not a comedian. Fucking, have you ever seen Easy Money? No. Oh, fucking great movie and fucking Rod, classic Rodney Dangerfield. Fucking genius. Fucking great. Was it, rated, was it rated R by any chance? When it came out, yeah. Okay, totally. So, yeah, there's a whole yeah. spate of R-rated and, movies that I had to catch up on because it was It was actually the first movie Jennifer Jason Lee did after Fast Times at Ridgemont High. 
Well, that about does it. For the Antisocial Show, I'm Tyson Saner. And I'm Hunter Block. Be decent to each other. Have a good time, folks. 